Well, good morning. Glad we can all be gathered together. My name is Matt, and I'm one of the lay leaders here at the church. It's exciting to be with you this morning. Um, really just been listening to the Spirit. And it's been exciting to see God at work over these last few months. Um, and, and I continually have to remind myself to trust the process. Uh, it's never easy to go through a transition as a church. Um, it's never fun. Um, when you have beloved leaders who hear God's call and move to new roles of ministry, um, we, we have to embrace that and trust that they are hearing from God. And as we go through this process of transition, um, we have to trust the process, trust that God is at work. And it's been exciting to see how God has moved and brought people into the church and allowed for people to step into new roles of leadership and in ministry. Um, and that's exciting because that's what God has called us as a church to do, is to be active and involved and engaged. And I want to encourage you to continue with that. Continue stepping into new roles. It may be uncomfortable at times that we have to... Um, step into new roles that maybe we, we don't feel prepared for, but trust that God is at work and we have to trust the process, that God is preparing the person that is going to come and going to lead this congregation into our future. And, and that's fun. And I'm not a process guy. I am somebody that would like to have decisions made and be able to move forward, but God is continually reminding me and teaching me that we have to trust the process. And that the person who will ultimately be here to lead is also in that process as well. And so we have to just hold on to that and to really trust that. Um, I'm excited to be able to come and, and be a part of this. Um, the storytellers, when Pastor Devin and, and Elmer, uh, when we sat down and we started talking about where God was leading us um, in a message series— it was, it was really fun to hear their heart and to, to see the opportunity that was unfolding for our church during this time and to, to be able to hear from other people, to be able to hear what God was doing in their life uh, is exciting. And, and I, um, it's a privilege to be a part of that. Um, and, and part of preparing for a message like this is that you, you know, you have all the, the, like important things that you have to do, like put the slides together and you do the preparation for it. And you, you know, we send that into the church and, and Danielle does an amazing job of making it look great and very uh, much more professional than I do. Um, but you also recognize that the Holy Spirit is still at work in the midst of developing that message. And so, um, so I apologize, tech team, if my message doesn't quite line up with the slides because I hope that it does, but when they go in on Wednesday, you don't know what God continues to do. And uh, so we're going to just see where God's going to lead in this. And, um, and so let me pray, and then we're going to dive into our Storyteller series. Father God, we thank you for this time this morning. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to be a part of uh, what you are doing in this church and in this community. Um, God, we are excited uh, for the future that you are writing for this church. God, I pray for uh, you to help us walk through this process. God, for, um, for those of us that would like decisions to be made now, God, give us patience and trust the process. 
God, I pray for those that are leading this congregation as they walk through this. Give them courage. Give them steadfastness. And uh, God, give them wisdom as they lead us. God, we love you and we thank you, God, for the story that you have written. And we thank you for the story that you are writing. Pray this in your name. Amen. So uh, this is a great series. Um, I've been really excited to be a part of it. Uh, the Storyteller series, um, when, when they shared kind of this is where we were headed, I was like, this is such a great, important series because our world is in need of hope. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the world around us, but we are in need of hope. It's been a really tough week in Chehalis. Still touches my heart. So I would covet your prayers for the high school and for families and for kids. But the truth of a world and kids that need hope is never more real than right now. So I would covet your prayers for the staff, for kids, and for the Douglas family. So as storytellers, it is important that we know the story we're telling. We can't tell the story if we don't know it. And when we talk about being storytellers, we talk about the story of God. What is God doing in the midst of the world that we live in? And as followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that God wrote his story here in these pages. And we believe as followers of Jesus Christ that that story continues as we live out what it means to be a follower as the church. It was a number of years ago when I was in school, we talked quite a bit about what was called at the time this meta-narrative. And it's this idea that there is a story that kind of, I don't know how to best put it, but it's this idea that there's a story that tells the story of all humanity. There's like one major story that is out there. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, we can kind of sum that up within the scriptures, within the Bible. And the way that we understand the story or this meta-narrative, the story of God is through the creation, through the fall, through redemption and restoration. The idea of the creation, of, of God creating everything that we see around us, He created humanity and the world that we live in. We know that there was the fall. We know that the world is not as it was intended and that there's a reason for that. And we see redemption. We see the story of God interceding in the midst of the brokenness and, and bringing us back into relationship with him and the work that he did through Jesus Christ on the cross. And then restoration, this idea that God has called us into partnership with him as his church to restore the world to what was intended, to be a part of that restoration process. So as we launch into this fall, as we go forward into this storyteller narrative, we know that God's story is also our story. And the call that we have is to find ourselves in the midst of this creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. 
So one of the taglines for this storyteller uh, is, is to know, to trust, and to share God's story. And so when we look back over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Devin has led us through um, the first two parts. Sorry if you didn't realize that there's a three-part introduction to this series. This is the third part of that introduction. And, and Pastor Devin led us into this idea of creation and, and the story of Genesis and getting to see how God created everything, placed us in the midst of that creation, gave us identity and purpose by a partnering with him and being the caretakers of that creation. We also read in Genesis that in the midst of that relationship, humanity through Adam and Eve decided to go their own way. And we see the effects of the fall and them getting kicked out of the garden and into uh, the wilderness and having to etch out life broken in that relationship from God. Last week, Pastor Devin furthered that conversation or that story and looking at Exodus and to see God's work to redeem the people, his humanity, through the Hebrews to move them from slavery, figuratively from slavery into freedom, and to show how God was going to be at work in moving us from the slavery of sin into freedom with him. In that Exodus uh, story, we see that as, they, as the nation of Israel goes into the wilderness, we see that they are led by God as he comes down and makes his presence known in the tabernacle. The tabernacle was that place of dwelling for God where he, he had them build it. God's presence was reflected by either a pillar, a, a cloud of uh, smoke or a pillar of fire. And I love this image of this pillar of fire because as Pastor Devin said, you should be thinking and, and making those hyperlinks and connections to the different stories as we share what God has placed on our heart. These are not individual messages. They all link together to really help us understand the story of God. So when we hear about the pillar of fire in Exodus, that is going to be a link to what we're talking about today. This pillar of smoke or this fire that comes down and, dwell in, and hovers over the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, reflects the partnership that God wanted to have with his people and the work that he was going to do through the nation of Israel. That partnership was reflected by the people so that when the pillar of smoke or the, the pillar of fire left and moved, the people got up and they moved. Where God's presence was is where the people were. And so when it moved, they moved. When it stayed, they stayed. And that's the story. That's God's story. So today we're going to dive into the New Testament and see what this partnership looks like when Jesus comes. When he comes to complete the redemptive work once and for all. The promises to provide um, an, a lasting partnership with his people and his church. So we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, open it up to Acts chapter 2. If you have your phone, um, you know, you can get into your, uh, your Bible app and you can open it up into Acts chapter 2. Because we're going to see how... 
God in the Old Testament was at work and God's partnership was through a people. God's partnership was through a particular people that he chose and his presence was uh, reflected in this pillar of fire at the tabernacle and eventually at the, the temple that his people built for him. And we fast forward in God's story a couple of thousand years to the advent of the church, where the church was going to be the new uh, partnership that God had for his restorative work in the world. So the context of, of Acts chapter 2 is that um, Jesus is, uh, had, he's died, he's risen from the grave, he has been with his followers, his closest people, revealed himself in his resurrected form, and he's been teaching them. He's been teaching them that about all the new things that they were going to need to know in order to be prepared for his ultimate ascension into heaven. And we know that this isn't the first time Jesus has talked about the Holy Spirit, because we know in John chapter 14, it says, Jesus says to his uh, followers, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus was preparing them even before his arrest and his, his crucifixion. He was preparing them for what was to come. Saying that I'm not going to be here with you all the time, but God is sending the counselor, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And not only will he be with you in presence, but he will be in you and dwelling there. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is with his followers, and he says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was preparing them. Their story was not done. And I think that was probably hard for his disciples. We know that they wrestled with this idea that Jesus was not going to be with them all the time. That they struggled with that idea to the point where Jesus had to rebuke them and let them know that this is part of his story and this is part of their story. Jesus was trying to prepare them to be the storytellers, to be the ones that they were going to be carrying the message into the future. So in Acts chapter 2, Jesus has ascended. He's told them to stay in Jerusalem, that the Holy Spirit was coming. Stay in Jerusalem. He ascends into heaven and leaves them. His followers are packed into the upper room. They were together, and Pentecost had come. Now, Pentecost was the festival of weeks. It was one of the major festivals of the Jewish people. And so Jews from all over the area, all over the world, were coming into Jerusalem for this festival. 
and it was 50 days after Passover. 50 days since Jesus had died on the cross and he had risen again and he had been with them during this time. So 50 days they were waiting in this room, getting ready for what God had promised. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Fire. Linking back to Exodus. The presence of God. Fire coming down, representing the Spirit of God being dwelling with them, coming down and separating to all of those that were in the room. They were filled with the Spirit, not just in the presence of God, but filled with the Spirit. God was no longer going to be confined to one space at one tabernacle and one temple. The Spirit of God was going to be indwelling His church. was going to be moving in the midst of his people. So what was the result of this partnership that God started with his church? What was the result? One, Jesus' followers were gifted. It says that they were given the ability to speak in different tongues, and we know when we talk about giftings of the Holy Spirit, Paul goes on in Ephesians and he writes about how each were given the, the gifts of being a pastor, or a teacher, an evangelist, apostle, prophets. That we were given these powers in order to raise up the church and allow the church to grow and to flourish and to embody the presence of God so that the world would know. And it wasn't just here in this building, but then as, this, as the people went out into the world, they would take God with them to be his storytellers. They were empowered and emboldened to speak the truth, to share to the world about who Jesus was and what he had done, and how in the midst of this idea of the creation and the fall, the redemptive work, the solution to the mess that the world was, was Jesus Christ. We know that as the Holy Spirit comes down. It says it sounds like a, a fire and it sounds like a violent wind. We know that it wasn't just the followers of Jesus in that room that felt that or experienced that, but that people came from all over to see what was going on, what was happening. And the world did not understand. Some of them were amazed by what they saw, but we know that through the testimony of Acts that some were like, oh, they're a bunch of drunkards. That these people are a bunch of drunkards. They're talking and they don't know what they're saying. And Peter stood up, rebuked the crowd, and told the story. Peter told the story. As Peter is empowered and as the Holy Spirit flows through him and out into the crowd to convict, we know that 3,000 people chose to follow Jesus that very day. 3,000 people chose to follow Jesus, to give their lives. And that was the start of God's church. 
And we know as we continue to read in Acts that more and more were added to their number daily to see just what Jesus was all about, to see what Jesus' life meant to these followers and to see how people were empowered by God. That same Holy Spirit that gifted those followers that first day at Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that we sing about and that we embrace and know that God indwells us. The same giftings that God has given those first followers are the same giftings that God has empowered us to have. You are gifted. You are empowered. You are partnered. Just as the first followers are with Jesus, the same spirit that lives in them lives in you. So what are we supposed to do with this? It's easy to read this. It's easy to see this. But more importantly, what are we supposed to do? What are we called to do with this? You are called to be a storyteller. Where are you in the midst of this journey with Jesus? Now, some of you may be here for the first time and may not even really know much more about this than what I've just shared here, and you're at the very beginning of that story. Some of you are nearing the end of your story and your time with Jesus here on earth. Where are you at on your journey? There's a reason why we have these taglines of no trust and share, because that reflects what we are called to do. To know the story, to be a storyteller, we have to know the story. You have to learn it. And I'm sorry to tell you, showing up on Sunday morning isn't enough. Just coming on Sunday morning isn't enough to know the story. You have to be invested it can't be just someone up here once a week sharing a little bit about what Jesus has done. You have to be invested in learning the story. Getting involved in seeing, uh, being involved in learning communities. Getting to see it lived out in um, The Chosen on Sunday mornings. Getting involved in a study where you are picking up the word and you are reading it and you're growing in your own faith. That is how we know the story. We have to learn the story. Beyond learn knowing it, we have to trust it. The way we trust the story is that we listen to people that have gone before us that have their story. We get encouraged and empowered by being in fellowship with others. Whether it's other followers here in this room or out in the world, we have to link arms with those that have the same faith that we have. We have to be in fellowship with other followers of Jesus. And in that process of being in fellowship with others, we are encouraged when we hear and when we can share. We're encouraged when we hear what God is doing. And so by having people come up front and share their testimony, to share their story, shows that we can trust what we are learning, what we know. The third part of this is to share the story. To know the story is one thing, to trust the story is another, but to share your story is where God is wanting to move us. 
This large story of the creation, of the fall, of God's redemptive work in us and restoration is the story that God wants us to share with the world around us. The world is desperate for hope. They need it. They need to know what we're going to do about the world and the mess that we live in. And we have the opportunity to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We have to be able to embrace opportunities to share, to find the courage to speak, to find the courage to just live out our faith each and every day. Sometimes that looks like just, just walking through a day and being an encourager to those around us. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting out of bed. Sometimes it's the opportunity to let people know that God loves them and that you love them. Every once in a while, you might get the chance or the opportunity to share your full story. To talk about how you were created to be in relationship with God and that through your own decisions, that that relationship that you had with God was broken and marred and not what it was intended to be but that through Jesus Christ and your faith in Jesus Christ, you came to be back into a relationship. And not only are you back into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you've been called to make things new, to make things better, to be a part of God's restorative work in the world around us, to love, to care, to make the rights or wrongs right. That is the story of God. So as the worship team comes back up, they're going to lead us in a time of response. And, and these can be challenging messages. But in the midst of the challenge that we experience when God speaks to us in our hearts, this is part of the story is whether we choose to respond or not. There is a time of prayer when... Um, the worship team that leads us, I would encourage you, come forward and kneel at the altar to pray. There's an opportunity to write prayer requests and stick them on the wall or to grab one off the wall and to pray for it. Or better yet, grab somebody next to you and pray with them right now, out there. You can light a candle as a symbol of the hope that we bring into a dark world. You can partake in communion and be reminded that God goes with us. It's not just one Sunday a month that we have to have communion, but we can be reminded that God goes with us each and every day, wherever we go. So as we reflect on what God is doing in our hearts, as we spend time just responding to the, the work of God, I pray that you would see yourself in the midst of God's story that you would be able to understand that you were created and that we all have had that broken relationship and we all need Jesus. And it's not just about us, but it's about the world that we can then make a difference in.